You know, all of this is possible because of one person, Jesus Christ. We serve, we serve such a good God. And I do believe this, for, for those of you who are still, uh, you know, thinking of college and higher education and the finances are not there, God has a way. Trust in Him. That's where it comes from anyway. He just uses different areas or different avenues in which to provide for us. So He's the provider. So stay, stay focused on Him and trust in Him. Well, tonight, if you open your Bibles, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3, verse 6. We're going to read that and, and dissect it a little bit. For the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the names of God and, and how important it is to recognize the name of God. And then when we read the Bible, how to understand when the Bible speaks of the angel of the Lord and uh, the armies of or the, the Lord of hosts and when it's capitalized in some of the Bibles where it has L-O-R-D, all capitals, that it's referring to the great God, Jehovah, the one true God, Yahweh. So if you're joining us tonight and you haven't been able to track along, first of all, we'd like to welcome you. If this is your first time to Wednesday night, let's welcome all the first timers that are here on Wednesday night. Wednesday night is a little bit different than Sunday morning, and I think you can tell the difference. So tonight, as we dig in, uh, we've been talking about how, how the name of God, when you understand what you're reading, makes more sense with the whole context of what is happening. Because sometimes we'll read in the Old Testament, and then we don't know what is exactly happening. We think, oh, these guys just kill each other a lot. There's just a lot of wars going on. So you may not understand what's happening because we don't know what God is doing. But in order for us to know what God is doing, we must know the names of God. And the names the Bible is referring to when it gives certain key uh, names for certain uh, things that are happening. So we want to learn the differences. We are learning that Jesus is also found in the Old Testament. And not in human form. we got to remember Jesus existed Forever. He's an eternal being. He doesn't just exist in the New Testament when he came to this earth. Jesus always existed. And as Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's eternal. So just because his name, Jesus, is not in the Old Testament, doesn't mean he didn't exist in the Old Testament. He always existed. He's referred to in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord. Or the messenger of God. Remember, angel, that Hebrew word is malak, M-A-L-A-K, which means messenger. So when the Bible is referring to the angel of the, of the Lord, then it's referring to Christ back then. I'm just trying to track, uh, get you tracking with us. You can also go online and look for our Wednesday nights. That way you can catch up and view online what we've been talking about so you're not lost and so that everything can be put together. But we are now at a place where we're talking about what does it mean when the Bible says to take off your sandals for the grounds in which you're standing are holy? What does it mean when Moses turned toward the burning bush and was wondering what was happening and, and God said that, that the ground you're standing on is holy? What did he mean by that? What, what does that do for us today? How does that apply to us? Sometimes we'll read the Old Testament and then we say to ourselves, There's, I, I don't know how to live this out. 
I don't see bushes burning and uh, I, don't, I don't see God moving in that kind of way anymore. I don't see that kind of miracle. I don't see the, the Red Sea splitting open. I don't see those things anymore. So sometimes we'll toss out the Old Testament and only stick toward the New Testament because we understand Christ. But we must understand the fullness of Christ to understand who we serve. In Exodus 3, 6, you can turn there if you haven't yet. Actually, I'll read from verse 1, and then we can hit verse 6. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord... Now, in some of your Bibles, that word Lord is going to be all capitalized. When it's all capitalized, it's talking about the great God, the one true God, Yahweh, Jehovah, or Yehovah, because the J is silent. That's who it's referring to. And so when it says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush, it's referring to Christ himself. Now, stick with me on this, okay, because there's going to be a little, a little uh, switch real quick, and you may miss it. So he looked, speaking of Moses, and behold, the bush was not burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. The bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Now, here it is. So when the Lord, speaking of the one true God, saw that he turned aside to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Now, let's picture this, okay? Here's Moses. He gets captured by this burning bush, turns aside from whatever he was doing, and he meets God. God tells him to take off his sandals because in his presence is holiness. So he said, take off your sandals. I don't want anything to come between you and me. I don't want anything man-made between you and I. I want you to be as close to me as possible because the grounds you're standing on are holy, not because of the sand or how good it is. It's because I am holy. So God tells Moses to remove his sandals because he wants that intimate time with Moses. How often God says that to us. He says to us, there's things in your life that I want you to remove because it's between you and I. There's something blocking this relationship between you and I. And he says, remove that because you're standing on holy grounds. Whenever God speaks to us, take that as, that, as a privilege to hear God speak. That we're standing on holy grounds. And the reason why he tells us to, to, to remove these things from our lives is not because he doesn't want us to be close to him. He wants us to be close to him. That's the whole reason why he says to remove these things. It's so that we can have a growing, intimate relationship with him so that nothing hinders our walk with him. So now Moses is before God. In Joshua chapter 5, 
God says the same thing to Joshua. And if you can turn there in Joshua chapter 5, I'm going to read a little bit. It's a couple books over. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, then Joshua. So four books over. Joshua chapter 5, and verse 13. And it says this, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him, with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no. It's a weird answer. Are you going to eat Jack in a Box or McDonald's? No. (laughs) So he said, no. In in fact, what he was saying is that's the wrong question. It's not if I'm on your side or if I'm on their side. The real question is, are you on God's side? It's basically what he was saying. It's the wrong question, Joshua. He said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, and in some of your Bibles, that word Lord should be all capitals because we're talking about the one great God. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. So the same thing that happened to Moses decades ago, he now says to Joshua. Now it's interesting, if you read in the, uh, throughout the Bible, you will see angels appearing and people bowing down to them. I'm guessing angels look like something that we would bow down to. So they, they're pretty powerful looking. So they would bow down to these angels, and the angels would say, Don't bow down to me. I'm, only God, the great Jehovah God, deserves worship. Peter did that in the New Testament. He bowed down before the angel, and the angel said, What are you doing? Get up. What's wrong with you? My boss is looking. Well, he didn't say that. He was just saying, it's, it, you know, Don't worship me. But in this case, this, where it says, No, but as the commander of the Lord's army... Of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? If this wasn't God himself, if this wasn't the Lord Jesus Christ, then the angel, the commander of the Lord, would have said, What are you doing worshiping me? Get up. So this tells us that this is not just an ordinary commander in chief. This is the Son of God. This is our great God in all his fullness. And Joshua takes off his sandals. And God speaks to him in how he is to continue on leading the people. Now, we've heard it said, and, and, and which is true in the human form, that Moses led the people of Israel into the promised land. Up until the point where he couldn't enter, and then Joshua took over. And then Joshua led them. But realistically, it was the angel of the Lord who led them. He was the one that directed them. He was the one that helped them to go through the wilderness. In Exodus 40, verses 34 through 38, I'm going to read it. It's the last chapter in the book of Exodus. It says, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord, all all capitals, filled the tabernacle. 
And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because a cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not until not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Here it is. Catch this. It wasn't Joshua or Moses who led the people. Yes, they may have been given that calling by the Lord, but it was the Lord Jesus himself leading them into the promised land. It wasn't man who led... Who in the world can, can lead 2.5 million people through the desert and, and overtake all these other nations that were already existed? Only God could do something like that. I'm so glad that He led them because it gives us hope that He continues to lead us. That this church does not belong to the senior pastor. I mean, literally, there's no paperwork that says the senior pastor owns this place. When the senior pastor is through with his calling or his, his season here, the church still exists. The people. Why? Because the church belongs to Christ. I'm so glad he's leading us. It's, it really is him. Where would you find a person that could lead a church like yourself, a great church, into the future that God sees without Jesus Christ. This is only a great church because of Christ. He's our leader. He's the one that leads us. He's the one that guides our families. He's the one that leads us along the way. He's the one that is able to provide for us when we cannot see. He's the one that protects us from the heat of the world. He's the cloud by day. Remember that. Now, if you're in the desert and you see a cloud, that's a good sign. We would we just think oh because you 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 know you could you could see the cloud in the day you couldn't see it at night no there was a reason why Jesus did that protected his people I don't know if they had sunblock but I know they had anointment oil I know they would protect themselves in the feverish heat but Christ was their protector he's still our protector and then he was the fire by night, which means when it's dark, sometimes we're afraid of the dark or we're afraid of darkness or afraid of dark times or afraid of, of all these cares clouding us and, and, and coming down on us. But Jesus said, I'm in the fire by night. When this darkness comes in and my fire comes up, the darkness flees. So what he's saying is, I am, I am the one that's going to lead you. And when the darkness is heavy, I'm the one that's going to be the fire in your life. If you were to think right now, what is clouding you? Are, are there worries? Are you stressing out over something? Are there things coming up that you're, you're not quite sure about? Is there something that's happening in your family or your relationship? Or is, is something happening at work or even in ministry? And, and it just feels like, oh, it's so heavy. It's, so, it's, it's, it's difficult. And it feels like the darkness is closing in. Call out to the commander of the Lord's armies, Jesus Christ. If he can help 2.5 2. million people go through the desert, 
he can help us. And he helped them in a way they never understood. They didn't know he was going to come like that. They didn't, they didn't know that. But he did whatever, it needed to be, whatever needed to be done according to his way because he knows how to do things better than us. See, we got to get to, we must understand when we read about the angel of the Lord, the commanders of the Lord's armies, the Lord. We got we to know the differences because then we'll be able to read the Bible better and be able to understand it better. Names make a difference. Recognizing someone na- someone's name makes a difference. People call us by different names. Sometimes we have a nickname. Sometimes we, we go by our given name. It's kind of weird because, you know, if you have a long name, then they call you something for short. And not even a long name. If your name is like Michelle, sometimes they call you Shell or Mish. I know some people, they call you Mish. I don't know. Heidi calls me Shell for short. If your name is Tom, then T or Tom. I don't know. Sorry, Tom, if you're here. I don't know. <laughs> don't, don't applaud that. Don't. <laughs> yeah, you can get mad at me. But understanding the names makes a difference. It's like this one uh, church in Texas where the receptionist was startled by this big Texan came in with his big hat and, and cigar and he said, I want to see the head hog here. And the receptionist said, ah, I'm sorry, I don't know who you're referring to. The head hog, you know the guy in charge, the one who preaches on Sunday? Where's that head hog? She goes, oh, the senior pastor? Yeah, 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 that guy, the hog. Give me the head hog. And she's saying, I, you know, we call him senior pastor out of respect, so I, I don't know. He goes, well, whatever it is, you guys have a wonderful youth ministry that my son has been attending. I want to donate $100,000. I'll go get the hog. <laughs> yeah, names matter. It really does. What God is, what God is telling us is, listen, you, you, you must read the Bible according to its context. Otherwise, we'll read the Bible and we won't understand a single thing. God is saying, I'm trying to teach you something. I want to show you something. I want to lead you somewhere because you're, you, you have a future in me. You know, when I was reading through this and, and how they were complaining through the desert, you know, if you read through Exodus and and throughout the, the Old Testament, especially the beginning of it, you'll see the people continuously complaining to Moses. Oh, how come this? How come that? We should have stayed in Egypt. It was better, the food there. It was, you know, uh, we're, not in, we're, not, we're not famished. We, we had good food there. Now we're eating just, you know, manna, uh, bread, you know, flakes, and we're eating quail. You know, I'm tired of, you know, uh, you know quail burgers and, and, you know, holy quail and uh, Kalua quail. I, they're, they're like complaining to Moses. And, and, and throughout all that time, Moses did his very best. He went to God and said, God, all these people are complaining. Do something to them. Moses got upset. And many of the people were familiar with Moses. Because he was leading them. As far as the human side of it. Moses was leading them. But they were not familiar with who was leading Moses. Because they were complaining. They never pressed into who the angel of the Lord really was. Now I want to say this very carefully, okay? And and I want us to catch this tonight. 
I've done this in my life and I want to pass this on to you so that, so that we can grow in this together. While I would attend church, I would watch the pastor speak. And because the, the pastor would speak in such a way that I could understand, it's like that's all I, that's all I, I grew in is whatever the pastor said. That's all I grew. Sunday mornings, I would just listen to the pastor. Never got into the word of God. And I would listen to the, the messages or the sermons, whether it be on CD or online. And, but that's as far as I would grow because I never tapped into who the pastor was leading, who was leading the pastor. I never tapped into who the pastor was following. I would, I would go up into the point where, the, okay, the pastor said this. Okay, great. Which is fine because we're all learning together with the word of God. But the pastor, the senior pastor, or in this case, myself, I'm not leading this church. In a sense, I am. But it's the Lord who's leading us. Which, when I, what my heart tonight is, what I'm trying to say is, go beyond the position of the senior pastor. Step into the holiness of God, because then you'll be standing on holy grounds, not only when we come to church. That's how great God is. Don't just get to know us, the people, Get to know who leads us. And I want to say this because this, I had to change my mentality on this one. This is what I learned from the people of Israel. Because of their complaining, they never passed Moses. Because of their heart to complain, they never stepped more than the leader. They stayed right where Moses was. Why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? Which tells me complaining stops all growth. Even my growth with God. Complaining takes our eyes off of God and it puts it on man. I'm going to give you a, a dagger tonight. That it, it, more like surgery. What have you been complaining about lately? Don't, don't, don't need to say it. <laughs> easy, Matt, easy. Yeah, just think to yourself, what have you been complaining about lately? Oh, my husband, my wife, my kids, my, my parents, the economy, God's not providing, this, that. What have you been complaining about lately? Because complaining will never get you past what you're complaining about. And it could be right past that is the great God Jehovah. I want to leave you with that tonight. And we think through passing all of that so that we can step onto holy grounds. I'm going to close us in prayer. Right after that, Pastor Lynn is going to come up and and, uh, I'm sure she's going to explain it well, but let me just preface it this way. That because this is our scholarship night and we do our scholarships uh, on this Wednesday night, we also do once a year a different kind of scholarship. It's more like we help uh, those who are in need when it comes to school supplies. And we do this every year, and it, it falls on this night. And so I'm going to ask Pastor Lynn to come up right after we pray, and then she's going to ask and talk about this special offering that we're going to give. So if you would bow your heads with me, we'll close our eyes, and then we'll, we'll conclude. We pray right now to our great God, the one true God, the one who led your people out of slavery in Egypt 
into the promised land who continues to lead us to this day. And we thank you for bringing us together to learn more about you and to learn more about the things that, that come into our lives, how to, how to do things better, how to renew our hearts. You, you teach us so many things. We, we want to do better. We want to get past complaining and, and head onto the, the holy grounds. We want to meet you. We don't just want to talk about you. We want to be in this relationship with you. So tonight, Lord, I pray for every single person here that we would, as we received something from you, that we would put it into practice, let it sink deep into our hearts and into our souls and not just keep it as head knowledge. And even the notes that we wrote down, that we would apply it right away, that we would keep each other accountable, pray for one another, and uplift one another. I pray for our families and our relationships that we'll we'll get stronger and stronger. And the only way we can do that is when we focus on you. And so we fix our eyes on you. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen.